This is the Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, from Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, our Companion. On the journey. Amen. Raise your hand if you've heard of Elizabeth Platts. Oh my goodness, that's more than I thought. Okay, this is great. Raise your hand now if you've heard of Erlene Miller. You've been at Churchwide Assembly with me all week. Uh, Ruth Frost. Phyllis Zillhart. Okay, here's an easier one. Elizabeth Eaton. Really? Oh, okay. Well, we're going to learn. So, all of these women share in common one thing. They are all ordained Lutheran pastors, which doesn't really seem like a big deal here at Unity where we have two, Pastor Muriel, Pastor Sherry, on our staff. But this is a thing that at least in the Lutheran church has a relatively recent history in the larger history of our denomination. Now, as members from across our denomination met in Milwaukee these past several days for the triennial church-wide assembly with almost a thousand voting members and many others who came to watch and to be a part of these decision-making processes. During this assembly, we commemorated the 50th anniversary of the ordination of women in our church. Starting on November 22, 1970, when Elizabeth Platts became the first woman to be ordained as a pastor in the ministry of word and sacrament in any Lutheran church body in North America, we got to hear her speak in a banquet just last night. It's still no small thing to be that first one to break the stained glass ceiling even all these many years later. And I can't help but wonder what that experience must have been like in the moment. Exciting? Nervous? 
afraid. Probably a little bit of all those things. After all, it was a prophetic move, but a controversial move in its time. One most certainly met with sexism, rejection, challenges to her call as a pastor in the midst of so many men. Now, it would then be another 10 years before the first woman of African descent, Pastor Erlene Miller, would be ordained as a pastor. So we celebrated the 40th anniversary of women of color being ordained in this church. And if it's a hard enough thing to be a woman in ministry in those early days, it was even harder, you can imagine, to be a woman of color. In many ways, it's still very much is. More recently in our history, in 2013, Pastor Elizabeth Eaton, then Bishop of the Northeast Ohio Synod, would become the first woman in our church to be elected presiding bishop of all 65 synods of this denomination that we are a part of. And she was re-elected to a second term unanimously on the first ballot twice. That's another story you can ask me about at a different time. Uh, I will be happy to update you on all of the shenanigans and ridiculousness that goes on in church conventions. But this year, we also elected the first woman and first deacon to become secretary of the ELCA, a really exciting job that deals with the Constitution, bylaws, and continuing resolutions of our denomination. But many other names of firsts could be added. The first Latina woman pastor, the first woman to be elected as a synodical bishop, April Larson, uh, and the first of two women of color elected as synodical bishops in the same weekend just a couple of years ago, including Brookfield's own Pastor Vivian Thomas Breitfeldt, a member of our Christ the King campus prior to her election in the South Central Synod of Wisconsin. And so with all of these names from Elizabeth Platts to Elizabeth Eaton and everyone in between and everyone who has followed and everyone who has yet to follow, I stand with gratitude in the midst of this assembly honoring the anniversaries of their ordinations in awe mostly of their resilience in the face of sexism and racism and discrimination and rejection, they would have had every reason to be afraid. It would have been so much easier, I imagine, to just give in to that fear, to cower and to give up on God's call in their lives. They had every reason to be afraid, but they persisted, and here they are. Which brings us to our gospel text, that first verse, and the translation I keep hearing, and maybe some of you do as well, is from that beloved hymn text, Have no fear, little flock. Have no fear, little flock, for the Father has chosen to give you the kingdom. This is about God and God's promise to us. As one biblical scholar points out, God eagerly wants this kingdom, right? One of these biblical key words for this new way of life that reflects God's vision for how the world ought to be, for human flourishing. 
that God wants this kingdom to happen now and eagerly, right? God wants us to be a part of this. This is the kingdom announced by Jesus earlier in the pages of Luke's gospel when he declares in his hometown synagogue those famous words that have come to be considered his mission statements. The spirit of God is upon me because God has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. God has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of God's favor which he follows with that mic drop moment, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And of course, the end of that story winds up with him being almost thrown off a cliff by his closest friends and followers. But you can imagine the drama of that moment announcing the kingdom of God, right? Good news, release, recovery, liberation, proclamation, This is the kingdom promised by God. This is the way of life that is happening even today, breaking into our midst in small and big ways, even now. Have no fear, little flock, for the Father has chosen to give you the kingdom. This verse kept replaying itself in my mind as I thought about the sermon for this week, But in the days before church-wide assembly, as I was gathered in a different space with a different group of people, the annual proclaim gathering, part of extraordinary Lutheran ministries made up of openly LGBTQ Lutheran pastors, deacons, seminarians, and candidates awaiting first call. Alongside the first women ordained as pastors, and made bishops in our church. The proclaimed community is made up of people who should have had every reason to be afraid, every reason to give in to fear, every reason to give up in the face of discrimination and fear and rejection. But this is a community that I draw great inspiration from my peers, and my community who also persist in their ministry. And so at our churchwide assembly, in addition to the anniversaries of women's ordination, our churchwide assembly also remembered the more recent anniversary of the ordination of these LGBTQ pastors and deacons. Officially, officially, the ELCA started to ordain us in 2009, only 10 years ago. But those firsts in this case actually come some 30 years ago when pastors Ruth Frost, Phyllis Zilhart, and Jeff Johnson were called to two congregations in San Francisco and ordained extraordinarily in 1990, that is, ordained outside of the bounds of official ELCA policies. Their calling congregations were promptly expelled from the, or suspended first, and then expelled from the ELCA for what they had done. But again, the remarkable thing is that Ruth and Phyllis and Jeff persisted in their calls. These pastors and so many others stand as witnesses to this promise of God to give us the kingdom. 
Now, those are a lot of names and a lot of dates and a lot of timelines to follow, but I share this church history lesson because I think it's important for us to remember these milestones, to remember the struggles leading up to them, to remember the struggles that still go on today. And I also think that the witness of these leaders teaches us an important lesson, a lesson that Jesus is teaching to his disciples in the first part of our gospel text today. Have no fear, little flock. When there is every reason to be afraid, Jesus' words ring true. The Father has chosen to give us the kingdom. God calls us into this new way of life. God's call cannot and will not be stifled by a human-made, imperfect church that sometimes gets it wrong. And in spite of fear, in spite of the violence and brokenness of our world, as we saw in Dayton and El Paso within the past week, this is the certain promise of God who gives us the kingdom, who equips us to do the work of God and promises to be with us. We are all called into this work of ministry. We are all called into holy, hard work. Our denomination this week in assembly highlighted some of this work in the legislation that voting members debated and picked apart. If you've ever heard the phrase amendment to the amendment and you know Robert's rules of order, you know you just want to run away and scream and hide. But we did some good work together. We eventually got through all of that. And so just to highlight a few things, and they're big things. On Wednesday, the ELCA, maybe you saw it in the news. I think we made the front page of the Washington Post, is what Bishop Eaton told us. Uh, the ELCA made history as the first church body to declare itself a sanctuary denomination to help protect migrants and refugees, even as we continue to grapple with what that means in our local contexts. And then the next day, the assembly passed a bold declaration to condemn white supremacy and racism in our midst, even as we, the church, struggle with that still ourselves. And then the day after that, just yesterday, we adopted our newest social statement, these teaching documents of our church, a social statement on faith, sexism, and justice, a call to action. These are big things, and I'm happy to unpack them with you at later times. But as presiding Bishop Elizabeth Eaton said in her sermon this morning in closing worship at assembly, there'll be some explaining to do when we get home. And I invite us to have that conversation because these things are too important to ignore. These are things that might make us uncomfortable or uneasy or even afraid of what it means to be engaged in this work. But we also do this work knowing that we are church together. This is no one's work to do alone but as a community. We can be afraid. We can be uncomfortable. We can even disagree with each other. That's the great thing sometimes about our congregationalist polity in this church, right? 
we can have these conversations. We can be engaged in this work in different ways. But we don't have to let our fear hold us back. For God, our Father, our Mother, our Creator, has chosen even us, given even us the kingdom, made even us God's hands and feet and voice in the world to preach and to practice a way of love, a way of peace, that, so, that the world so desperately needs to hear. Amen.